Hello and welcome to tonight's Mindset Monday. Tonight, we are going to do something a little different. I am going to share with you or do a sort of reaction of uh, this documentary. And it, it's a pretty cool documentary. I do have some, some good and bad things about the documentary. But if you can jump on here, listen, probably it's going to take 30, 45 minutes, maybe. I don't, I don't think it'll take an hour. Knowing me, it'll probably take an hour. I'll try and keep it on there now. I'll keep it tight. And we're just going to watch some clips about trauma, about addiction, really about this guy, Gabor Mata. He, he's all about you know, releasing yourself from this trauma and how to identify with your authentic self. So without further ado, let me pull up this first clip here and I'll share my screen with you. And hopefully this doesn't get like banned. Um, oh, and you're seeing all my, my books that I've got there. Okay, that's all right. <laughs> If anyone else saw private browsing, like, whoa, oh, look out. <laughs> okay, let me see if my audio is working. Okay, I'm going to play this and we're going to watch along. So this is Gabor Mate uh, talking. The first clip goes for about a minute and he's just talking about what his definition of trauma is. My definition of trauma is... Basically, anything in your past that you perceive has more disadvantages than benefits, literally anything. So it's, you know, I woke up this morning and I thought I was going to be late. That can be classified as trauma in my mind. Obviously, there's different levels of it. You know, if you're abused or whatever, as a, when you were younger, it's, it's a much higher level. I'm not trying to take away from any trauma that anyone has had i'm not saying they're all equal i'm just saying if you perceive something in your past as more bad than good we know that is out of balance and that can be classified as trauma that will lead to a sort of swinging of the pendulum whereas you think things are bad so that you'll you'll either keep going down that path and you'll keep doing things that are bad in order for you to realize oh hold on let me go this other path which is something i'll point out and i have a little diagram to show you a bit later on so anyway here's gabor mate's definition of trauma And you can't hear that. Uh, <laughs> okay, I'm going to need to pull my headphones out. <laughs> All right. Technical, technical issues. Uh, how do other people do this? So trauma fundamentally means a disconnection from self. Why do we get disconnected? Because it's too painful to be ourselves that then becomes a lifelong dynamic. I no longer know how to deal with emotions. Uh, it means that in relationships, when I feel a bit hurt, I immediately withdraw. So I don't have to feel those emotions that I don't know what to do with. So there's a disconnect. It also means that when I have gut feelings, I don't follow them. So I create situations of risk for myself. But trauma also affects how our brains develop certain key brain circuits that have to do with how we react and respond and regulate ourselves, how we handle stress, how we interact with other people, how much empathy and insight that we have, how much compassion we have. These functions of the midfrontal cortex are limited and constricted by trauma because we now know that the brain develops an interaction with the environment. So the brains of traumatized children don't look like the brains of non-traumatized children. Let me just check. Okay, hopefully you can you can hear that. <laughs> right, so I'm just going to take it back and, and we'll break it down step by step. 
So a disconnection from self. That essentially means that your genuine, your authentic identity has been, is almost like a, when you're a young child, you have your personality, which is you, your, we'll call that your authentic self. And when you have this trauma, a disconnect happens where you say, oh, if I'm myself, if I am my pure, authentic, genuine self, my personality, it's bad because bad things happen to me. And Gabor Mate will explain a bit later on that two things usually happen when you're when not abused, but when you have trauma as a child, you think, oh, that my mum, my dad, whoever the abuser is, they are, or whatever happened, whatever person, they are bad and they're horrible, right? Or they don't like me. And then the second thing that it could be is I'm a bad person. So imagine there's your, your abuser, that you're surrounded by horrible people, right? So I'm surrounded by horrible people. If I'm myself, I'm going to be surrounded by horrible people. And then the second thing is, wow, I'm fucking abused. People don't like me if I'm who I am. So that creates the disconnect from the self. Yeah, it's too painful to be yourself. It's too painful because you have this, you've created an anchor in your head. What fires together, wires together. When you're yourself, other people look in at you and bad things happen. So you've, you've made this neurological link in your head. Oh, if I'm myself, bad things happen. So you just fucking stop doing it. And then, you know, you do that for 50 years. <laughs> and you don't know how to deal with emotions. You don't know how to, you know, there's a whole thing about attachment theory. You don't know how to communicate in relationships because it's like what well, fuck i've never had a normal sort of relationship where i i'm genuinely loved for who i am if you're not genuinely loved for exactly who you are and you don't feel comfortable loved for being exactly who you are it sets you up for miscommunications for withdrawal for all of these attachment issues later on Yeah, I don't want to feel it. It's too painful. It's too painful. Don't follow your gut feelings. Right. So you you don't have that little like red flag thing that goes off in your head that goes, hey, this is fucking dangerous. Get out of here. Those things are suppressed because we have no idea who we are. We're not in tune with our intuition those things have been dampened so imagine there is a stadium of a hundred thousand people there is one girl in the entire stadium that is that has had a past relationship of domestic abuse and in also in the stadium there's one guy who is a domestic abuser somehow the universe is going to connect these people because everyone else the 900 and 99,997 other people, <laughs> quick math, they realize, oh, that person there, there's a bit of a red flag. There's something going on there. And then the abuser, he's, he's been like, oh, who? Is, and Gabor Marte is going to get into this later. Is The, the abuser is, is looking around and they have this like unconscious little perception where they can pinpoint and identify, oh, who's vulnerable? Who's vulnerable? You know how I've been watching a fucking shitload of criminal minds lately. And they always say how these pedophiles, they know exactly that. It's like they have this superpower to know. It's fucking horrible. It's like an evil power of knowing what kids are vulnerable, what kids they can pick out and, and take, what kids won't say anything, what kids they can quietly come to the corner like all this shit right it's like these people have fucking powers 
not good powers. <laughs> Use your powers for good to, to pick out who the vulnerable ones are. It's, yeah, it's crazy how all of this just comes from the trauma from a child. Your brain's developing differently. How we handle stress, interact. Think of how many people you interact with in your life. How many fucking people have you interacted with? Okay, so let's go to the next clip here. Uh, 10.30, he's going to be sitting on a couch with some girls here. I feel like I'm in a throne. I want to talk to you guys about why you think you got evicted about what may happen to you as a child, the way you saw yourself as being deficient somehow. I was kidnapped at 16 and sold off. So that's a trauma that's just something that's in my life that you can't turn around, right? And kidnapped by who? There's a taxi driver who took me and a girlfriend when we were 16 okay. and held us for six months in a motel and sold off my virginity. And the police was looking for you all that time and well my mom just thought that i'd run away from home so she didn't look for me she didn't look for me no i really need your permission to continue and not to continue it's okay give you permission the taxi driver knew exactly who to kidnap the predator can always tell who is the bizarre protection Anybody hate you as a child? Yes, my father. He would spank us and take a belt to it. Do you remember how that felt to you? Like I just remember the pain of it. Instead of thinking, oh, why? Why did I deserve this? I just remember the pain of that. And how long did that go on for? You know, until I was approximately 16 and started fighting back. So 10, 11 years. Okay. Let's say you're the mother of the five-year-old. And this five-year-old is being hit with a belt. And she's in pain. She doesn't understand, you know, and then she just it just hurts. And it hurts emotionally. Because this man who's supposed to love me is beating me. So when you're being hit like that, there's only two possibilities. My father's a bad person or hates me. Or I'm a or I'm a bad person. So the your only protection is to believe that, oh. I'm not, I'm, I'm not lovable. Let's say you're the mother of the five-year-old. Who would you want that five-year-old to talk to? Myself. Okay. Who did you talk to? Nobody. That's the trauma. In other words, by the time you're five years old, you're completely alone. What I'm suggesting really, Aisha, is that your mother was traumatized too. Do you know anything about her childhood? And she was abused as a child as well from an alcoholic father. See, she learned in her childhood not to pay attention to her feelings. That's the only way she could survive. So the reason she didn't know is not because she didn't love you, but because she herself was shut down inside. And that's what I'm saying. It's it's, it's multi-generational. Mm -hmm. Okay? Yeah. Can't pick out who's at fault here. It didn't begin with anybody. It, it goes on and on and on. From one generation to the next. Wow. Oh my God. She was kidnapped by a taxi driver with her friend when she was 16, and then her virginity was sold off. And Gabor politely points out hey, that taxi driver ex knew exactly who to kidnap. He knew exactly who to kidnap. Now that's like, that's like fucking mind-blowing shit. Like, Jesus Christ, right? And I think just sort of sit with that and 
the way I relate this to sort of my teaching, my, my learnings, what I'm sort of, what my philosophy is, and that's everything happens for a reason. And the things that are happening, if you perceive they're bad, they're actually happening to point something out to you. So when you set like, imagine this chick is 16, she's kidnapped and her, she, her virginity is sold off. She can say after this, like, oh my God, it happened for a reason. Like, holy. So I'm not saying that the things that happened to you weren't bad or they weren't horrible. Just really think like, why, why did that happen to me? That actually, that happened to that girl. So she would realize, fuck. I'm not a, I, I feel like I'm not a lovable person. I sort of numbed myself and that's what we all do. We sort of, we feel too much emotion, too much pain and we want to make it go away. And it's so easy to do in our society. All of this consumerism, capitalism, you know, these you know, Instagram, TikTok, it's all becoming way more addictive. It's becoming way more stimulating. We're starting it at a younger age. The food right now is crazy. I can get fucking Uber Eats from Africa. <laughs> it's crazy. So that was, uh, wow, that was a cool clip. Okay, next one. 20 minutes. Uh, da, da, da. Just really think about that. Okay. For me, being a drug addict, the deep down need uh, to escape, I think is almost into a more realistic place than the insanity that we see, the chaos we see around us. You know, I, I just wanted that place all the time. Mm. I can really talk for the 37 years I've been recovered and have had slips. In the program, quote, AA. And what's the fear? Well, the fear is I'll be abandoned. You know, it's back with the homo sapiens. I'll be thrown out of the cave. What is your fear of being abandoned? Well, naturally that I'll die unless I do all of this stuff for other people. When you do all this stuff for other people, mm -hmm. what are you doing to yourself? I'm abandoning me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you're actually enacting mm -hmm. your worst fear. Mm -hmm. I was the youngest of five, very ambitious family, yeah. very successful, yeah. except everyone's alcoholic. I go in the bar, they're drinking. There's no room for me. It's like, oh, shut up, Allison, shut up. You're wrong, you're wrong. So my job was to be wrong in the family. I'll never forget my mother you know, saying to me, I just don't understand you. And I was six years old and I thought, my God, if you don't understand me, I'm lost. Allow me to give you another perception of you. You're the one that more than others absorbs all the pain and stress right. in the family. And then you manifest it. Mm -hmm. And they can't stand seeing it. Mm -hmm. So in exiling you, they're exiling their own pain and stress. Right. Okay. As a child, we have two fundamental needs. One need that's with us is infancy and it's absolute and it's not negotiable is attachment. And so the other need then is authenticity. Authenticity therefore is the connection to ourselves. Because without authenticity, without a connection to our gut feelings, just how long do you survive out there in nature? So authenticity is not some new age, pseudo-spiritual concept. It's actually a survival necessity. What happens if in order to survive or to adjust your environment, you have to suppress your gut feeling? You have to suppress your authenticity. So normal society does not allow anger and, 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 and the child who's angry must be separated. In other words, we have to threaten his attachment to relationships on which his life depends so that he can suppress his emotions. Well, that child 
if he learns the lesson well, will disconnect from their anger. And then he's a sitting duck for depression, mental illness, or for physical illness. Okay, so kid is angry. But how about helping him move through the anger to learn how to modulate it? Not to repress it, but to learn to become friends with it. We don't want people who are not angry. We want people who know that anger doesn't have to be destructive. What were you pushing down when you were depressed? Anger. Right. You were pushing down Rage. your anger. Rage. You were pushing down your anger. Yeah. Right? Can you see how why for a six-year-old it might be a really brilliant idea to push down the rage. Yeah. Why? For survival. Exactly. You talked about your many failures. Mm -hmm. I just want you to pick one. The fear if left on my loan, I won't get out of bed. I've, I've, I've done that before. And you regard that as a failure? Falling apart, I regard as a failure. You regard that as a failure? Right. Okay. So your failure is that you got depressed and as you put it, you fell apart. Is that the failure? Yeah. Just identify the age that you first recall being depressed then. Probably about six or seven. Mm -hmm. How old are your kids now? My oldest daughter's 33, yeah. my son is 30, and my youngest daughter's 27. Okay. Choose one. As a thought experiment right now, and I want you to imagine them at age seven. Mm -hmm. Let's say they get depressed. Would you go to them and say, You are a total failure? Of course not. Why not? Notice you're calling yourself a failure. I'm going to say something radical to you. Okay. The depression was a major success, not a failure. Okay. No, I know that sounds ridiculous. No, no, I'm listening. You're telling me that having that pain showed me deeper inside of myself how I was abandoning myself. Precisely. So maybe you want to stop calling it a failure. Mm -hmm. You go through your whole life like that and see how everything that you judge about yourself actually served the purpose at the time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, really? Isn't it simple? It is simple. Everything that happens, including your horrible judgments to yourself, it happens for a reason. It has a purpose. So that girl, Alison there, she's a writer. I'm not familiar with her work. She had this fear of being abandoned, right? So what she did was she made herself so there for everyone. What's the word I'm looking for? Looking for. <laughs> she made herself so available for everyone around her so that she, she thought the more she gave others, the less they would abandon her. She's like, don't abandon. I, I'm so scared of being abandoned that I'm going to give you everything. I'm going to give you all of myself I'm going to martyr myself and give you little bits of me. Everyone, I'm going to spread myself so thin that you can have all of me and I will never abandon you. That's what she's saying. I will never abandon you, my family, my friends, whoever. And what ended up happening, she abandoned herself and then her family exiled her from the family. It sound, I'm not, I'm kind of reading between the lines there in that clip but i think there was things we didn't see because of editing and and stuff but yeah it's fucking crazy like she had this fear of being abandoned and it, that was exactly what she was doing to herself she was trying to avoid it but what she was running away from she actually run into write that down welcome to whoever's watching Give me a like, give me a thumbs up, give me a share, give me a comment, give me a something, give me a hashtag team replay if you're watching the replay. Next clip, 27 minutes, 14 seconds. Let's find it here, 2714. Addiction is any behavior that a person finds relief in the short term and craves, but suffers negative consequences and cannot give it up. 
That's only addiction. Could be drugs, obviously, alcohol, nicotine. Could also be sex. Could be gambling. Could be shopping. Could be eating. Could be pornography. Could be the internet. Could be gaming. Could be work. Could be uh, relationships. That's what an addiction is. first issue is not why the addiction, but why the pain. In our society, there are two uh, myths. We don't ask, don't ask why the addiction ask why the pain one of the really cool things that i actually found sort of overlapping from michael mojo the mojo master and gabal Marta, he he said that you have to look at the benefits of why they're doing what they're doing because it's not like you're doing it for a reason so these I mean, the, the, in the movie, they use the example of heroin addicts, meth addicts, sex addicts, um, alcohol addicts, alcoholics. And they, instead of being, oh, why, why can't I get off alcohol? The question is like, why would you ever stop alcohol? The question is, why, why do I feel this need? Like, why is this drug so good for me? Why is sex so good for me? Why is food so good for me? Because a lot of people say, oh, like say smoking, for example, oh, I'm addicted to smoking, I'm addicted to smoking. And they're like, that's their story. I'm addicted. I can't quit, which is like the first fucking problem. And then they, they think that there's no benefits to smoking. It's like, what? There's tons of benefits. <laughs> it helps you lose weight, helps you focus, gives you something to do, gives you something to spend your money on. <laughs> like there's so many things. And I have this core belief that everything you do, you perceive has more benefits than drawbacks, consciously or unconsciously. There is some, there's a reason there's benefits for you to keep doing these things. Everything you do, there's a benefit to it. You have unconscious processes. Think about it. Your heart is beating right now. Your liver's fucking processing stuff. You have a pancreas, your lungs. Your skin cells are literally fucking growing right now. Are you consciously being like, oh, please cells grow. Oh, heart, please pump blood around my butt. There's so many things that are happening that you have no fucking idea of. So the things that you see, the things that you notice, the words that you say, how you say them, the people you meet, everything that happens, it's because your unconscious mind, your super conscious, your subconscious, your conscious mind, all of those minds, they perceive there's more benefits than drawbacks. And that's, I think, the whole point of this movie is, hey, you think this is really bad? You think that there's no reason, there's no purpose for you doing this? Hey, look look deeper and change your perspective. Like, that's all he did there. Something I like to do with, with my clients, and I probably got it off people like Gabor, where... You ask the client like, hey, what do you say to yourself? And they go, oh, well, would you ever say that to your son, to your daughter? Hey, when, you're, when your daughter is your age, how would you want them to be? How would you want them to talk to themselves? Would you ever want them to say that to themselves? And they go, no, never. Right? So it's just little itty bitty things that you want to do to sort of change your perspective. Look at it from a different angle, you know? We've got a couple more clips here. Stay with me. If you are watching this on the replay, let me know. Okay. Maria is saying the sound is sweet. Thank God. I was sweating balls there for a second. Okay. The next clip is about addiction. We've got two clips left. So the next one's at 3508. Because of why you think you got addicted. Like, what did it do for you in the short term that you wanted or that you appreciated? 
But one thing that I've learned was gratification through sex. Like it would pay my rent, it would pay my food, it would pay my clothes. But it was also a feeling loved, right? Right. Having that desire for somebody to care and I want you. Want you. I wouldn't be able to have a sexual relationship if I wasn't leaving because I couldn't feel anything towards the other person. It made you feel more alive? Yeah, it made me feel more in tune. Yeah. Yeah, like that's what, and I used it to have feelings. I didn't feel pretty. I didn't feel like, and as soon as I would do a little bit of drugs, my self esteem would instantly go up. I did so much sports and was on such a strict schedule that when I started to use in like grade eight, grade nine, like I was free. So freedom, sense of aliveness, completion, self-esteem. These are all wonderful things, aren't they? When they talk about addiction being a bad choice, they know it isn't. It's actually a solution to a problem. If you understand that the addiction is not the primary problem, but really a response to trauma, then it becomes obvious that in order to heal addiction, you have to heal the trauma. But it means that you see the wound that's right in that person. Underneath that traumatized persona, there's the healthy individual who has never found expression in this life because they were never given the venue for expression, never given the relationships in which they could, they're all authentic humanity could be expressed. Wow. So he says it right there. Like, what? Hey, girls, what were the benefits? Like, all of those girls in that room were like, had really. I say bad stories, but really like, you know, rare traumatic experiences. And they're all saying, yeah, I was feeling loved. I was feeling desired. I, I could I could maintain a sexual relationship. I felt in tune in the relationship. I felt pretty. My self-esteem was going up. All of these things that are such, such powerful things, such amazing things. And I think we, we like, we'll do a bit of fucking meth and then we feel really good. And then 10 minutes later, we feel really shit and we, we pretended that there wasn't any good things that came of it. All right. So I have one more clip that I want to show you. First, I'm going to pull up this diagram here. This is my, my beautiful artwork that I did before. Uh, here it is. So what happens? Two main things cause, let's say, a, a trauma. It's the feeling of not being touched and not being uh, held. I think they, they've done studies where a group of babies, some of them were held and some of them weren't held. And the ones that weren't held, they've like died and they grew up with all these issues and their brains didn't develop properly. So we need this connection, right? So we need, if you can see here, we need connection and we need to feel like we can be ourselves. Because if we don't feel like we are ourselves, then we don't have that gut feeling like Gabor was just saying. If we don't have a gut feeling, then we don't know how to navigate all of these things. We, we don't know how to use our emotions. We don't know how to communicate. We don't know how to you know, set boundaries. There's so many things. It's a massive cascading little domino snowball effect, right? So what happens? When we are abandoned and when we are, we feel disconnected, like we don't feel like we can be loved. We don't feel like we're good people and we don't feel like others can love us. We don't feel like we're surrounded by loving people. We have that disconnection. We feel abandoned. Now, what happens is we, let me increase the size here. We feel super abandoned. If you can see that, I'm circling abandoned. So we want to feel authentic, right? Or whatever you, the opposite of abandoned is. Connect, maybe it's connected, actually. But we want to feel authentic. 
So what happens is instead of we, we can't be authentic with people, so we go down the store and we get some meth, for example, or, you know, porn, food, uh, online shopping, video games, right? And that makes us feel authentic because we're now hanging out with a group of people that, you know, we can connect with and we can be authentic with because we're, you know, high as a kite. And it's like, yeah, life's good because we're all fucking just being ourselves and we're super high and we stop caring what others think because we're so high and we feel so good. We stop caring what other people think, right? But what goes up must come down. So then we come down, right? Now what happens after that high? (laughs) You feel abandoned again. You feel like, oh, I can't be myself. Everyone hates me. You feel like other people are looking at me and are judging me. Same with disconnection. I feel disconnected. So if you feel disconnected and you perceive disconnected as being a bad thing, then you're like, well, I want connection. So where do you go? Same sort of thing. You might go meth. You go micro sex. You might get addicted to, to work. You want to be, you want to have some identity. So you just slog yourself at work or you smash out the gym because you want to feel like, oh, if I have that body, then other girls will like me and they'll want to connect with me. That's what I did, right? So I want to be like, yeah, like, let me, now the more you do that. So for me, I wanted to feel connected to women because I was pedestaling women because I felt disconnected from, from hot girls, right? So I was like, yes, if I get the body, then I'll feel connected and then that'll solve all my problems, <laughs> Right now, what happened? I killed myself in the gym, and did I get the connection? No, it actually made me feel more disconnected. So I came back down to the bottom here. Now, what it's really trying to teach you is there was that girl, Allison, there was the other girl who was kidnapped in that room. And it's not until we see the benefits of being abandoned, right. Well, actually, they, it's probably not me. It might just be them because my mum didn't learn how to express her emotions and her feelings properly. So now she's projecting that on me. Hey, it's nothing to do with me. It's nothing to do with me as a child. I was just an innocent little child. It's got nothing to do with me. My upbringing is nothing else except for a reflection of my parents. And my parents, I love my parents unconditionally. So I know that they did the best that they could with what they were given. And it's that gratitude and that love for being like, thank you for bringing me into this world. Now I get to look back at this and and work through all this and realize this because I can help others with this. I can, I can now start my own family with what you've taught me like, and given me. Thank you so much. Wow. And you see the benefits of being abandoned. You see the benefits of having a disconnection. Oh, fucking imagine there's a guy with a shady white van. He rolls up at the the playground and that guy doesn't choose you to go in the van with him and give you candy, right? You might feel abandoned. You might feel disconnected. Is that a fucking benefit? That's a benefit to me. So you don't want to actually be connected and authentic with people who are like that, who are predators. You don't want you don't want to. People say, Oh, I just want to be authentic. I want to be connected. I want to give love to everyone and be kind. And it's like, no, you you really don't. Like if you're if you're child was at a playground and you knew that there was like a bunch of pedophiles around would you go up to those pedophiles and start hugging them and let your kid go up and play with no you fucking wouldn't because you don't want to be authentic to them because they're dangerous there's that danger is that gut feeling what gabor keeps talking about you need that authentic gut feeling where you but hey back up and you set the boundary people who have domestic abuse issues, people who have addiction issues. Like I was talking about in the other video, it's a boundary. Part of it is a boundary issue. You can't, you're scared that if you say the wrong thing, and I know this personally, if I say the wrong thing, they're going to disapprove of me 
or if I don't say this, they're not going to approve me. So you live your life stepping on eggshells. Oh, I really don't. I really hope I don't, you know, this, I really hope this other person doesn't abandon me. I really hope this person wants to connect with me and they don't disconnect from me. And it's like, so who can live like that? The fact is you're not going to be authentic with everyone in the world, with all 7 billion fucking people. You're not going to be authentic. So just get over it, right? You're going to hold in your fast. If you're 100% authentic, you would. I'm holding in a fart right now. I'm not going to fart. Maybe I will, but I don't think the mic will pick it up. But you just, no one's authentic all the time. We're always got a mask on, right? Second thing, we don't want to be connected with everyone in the world because everyone's not your, not part of your tribe. So I just don't want to hang out with some people and there's nothing wrong with them. It's just, I'd rather be on my own. So you have to see the benefits of being abandoned, being disconnected, and also the benefits of, oh my God, that was an interesting cross. <laughs> benefits of being authentic. Oh, actually, my bad. It's actually the disadvantages <laughs> of being authentic and the disadvantages of being connected. Now, what happens here is the balance point right in here. This is all, this is fucking everything that I teach right here for free. Give me a like. Give me a thumbs up. Oh, I've got someone else watching now. Oh, what's up? Maria says, the drugs are a problem solver for the short term. So essentially a band-aid till we are ready to deal with it all. Exactly. 100%. Oh, yeah. Maria's giving me some likes. Thank you. Okay. This is for free, guys. Fucking hell, look at this value, right? So it's in the middle here. It's the balance point. Because if you be like, oh, abandon's, abandon's so bad, I need to be authentic. And then you go fucking authentic. And then you fucking come back here and you're just like, Woo, right? We don't want to do that. So right in the middle, as I draw these lines again, we can be authentic around those we love we can be connected to those we love, those people that are in our tribe. Our vibe is going to attract our tribe. Birds of our feather flock together, right? We abandon those who aren't in our tribe. We, we say, fuck off. That's fine. Cool. We don't need you. That's all right. We disconnect from things that aren't serving us. Who? Hey, who here? Put your hand up. I can see you there. Put your hand up if you would like to disconnect and abandon the things that aren't serving you. No fucking shit. But everyone's like, oh, I can't be abandoned. I can't be disconnected. Ah. Right? It makes so It's so simple when you think of it like that. So it's not, there's nothing that's good or bad. All of these emotions. You don't want to, another key thing here is to just, just don't, well, do your best not to suppress any sort of emotions, any feelings that you have because they are there for a reason. And it's like, hey, get it out now and do it in a healthy way, a safe way that's not going to bottle up and explode because I know that was a, a big problem for me. I'm still working through a little bit of that with the anger and I want to be up because I'm like, oh, I want to be calm all the time. I want to be calm, but I can't be angry. But I realized if I don't let out little bits of anger, little, you know, if I don't, when I say anger, it's like, hey, I'm having a conversation with my girlfriend and something comes up. Normally, like before, I would suppress it. Oh, if I say that, she's not going to approve of me, right? So I, I suppress the anger. It bottles up a week, two weeks later, it explodes. Now, not in her face because I would never do that to her. I, I can't show her anger because she won't approve of me. So I do it at home and I just start crying and, and like, yeah, that's it. Oh, I can't take it anymore. The stupid bitch. Right. 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 I get so angry because I fucking bottled it up. And I said, who else has felt like that? By the way, where you hold in like little things like, yeah, oh, just be quiet. We need to make sure they approve of us. I don't want to be disapproved. So let me bottle it in. And then at home you explode. Ah, oh, fuck. Oh. Right. So I learned in order to be calm, I must express my anger. Whoa, that's crazy. Okay, stay with me, guys. There's one more clip left. There's one. Oh, Maria's putting a hand up. Oh, Adeline, what's up? Thanks for jumping on. We've got one more clip here. This is from the movie The Wisdom of Trauma. 
by Gabor Mar- Well, it's not by Gabor Marte. It's, uh, he's like the main guy of it. So, okay, so 112. Here we go. The last clip of the night, 112.57. Oh, that's good. That means you're paying attention. What if he called you something? Oh, yeah. He called you a monster. He's called me delusional. How do you feel when he calls you a monster? I mean, I feel hurt. I feel angry. Okay. So what if I said to you, you got beautiful green hair? (laughs) How would you feel about that? Laugh. Why would you laugh? Why would you laugh? Because I know my hair is not green. Uh Uh-huh. What if I said you were a monster? The feeling of the anxiety was so strong that I wanted to end it. Anything familiar about any of that? Are you trying to go back to childhood trauma? (laughs) Who, me? (laughs) You see that you developed a belief that I can't be touched, nothing can touch me. Mm Guess what happens when you get sick? Mm-hmm. That defense is now destroyed. So it's it's uh, it's getting pretty blurry here, but I'm just gonna play that. So she had a fear. She had a fear that I can't be touched. Nothing can touch me. I don't want anyone to touch me. No one touch me. She saw more benefits into no one touching her. She was like, no, way more benefits. So, so everyone just fucking off. No one touched me. No one come near me. She, that, she was like, that was the fantasy she had. No one can touch me. No one can touch me. No one can touch me. Now, what happened? <laughs> Who's? What happened is she got sick, right? As we're about to see in the clip. Have you ever heard of the the person that works so much? They do literally everything. Hey, let me help you out, man. It's like, no, I can do it on my own. Hey, let me help you out with this. No, no, I'll do it. Hey, you're moving. Let me help. No, no, it's all good. I'll do it. And then those people end up on crutches or end up in a wheelchair or they get really bad back pain and they have to ask, hey, can you help me? I've fucking, I've pulled my back. And it's so so hard for them to do it because their whole life they've just thought, no, it's better to do things on my own. It's better to do things on my own. Better to do things on my own. I can't be touched. I can't be touched. What, what's going to happen? You get sick. People touch you. People have to help you. You need to learn the lesson that everything in the universe, every single energy is just as good as it is bad. Every single energy, no matter what it is, no matter what it is, from billionaires to hobos to rapists to pedophiles, Okay, maybe you've gone a bit too far there. But with those, like without those people, there wouldn't be law enforcement. There wouldn't be schools protected. There wouldn't be crime fighters. There wouldn't be all this knowledge and information. There wouldn't be all this information on Trump. Like, <laughs> stay with me. Right? But there's benefits because as soon as someone says, oh, there's benefits, there's just as many benefits as there is drawbacks to everything and, you know, Everything happens for a reason. I think I've said that in a past life. It's like, well, what about the worst fucking shit ever? And it's like, well, we learn from it. And we need to just tell the truth. And just and, and it, it really, Jordan Peterson talks about this all the time. It shows us what we're capable of. And that's pretty, it's pretty fucked to be like, oh, no, I would never be a serial killer. He's like, huh? Really? Well, what if your whole family died? What if you were traumatized? What if you were like, fuck, like it's possible? Because these people like, yeah. Maria says, I found myself to be the most reliable person, hence why I don't rely on others. I found myself to be the most reliable person, hence why. Oh, (laughs) yeah. So what's, I'm not sure if... uh... I found myself to be the most reliable person, hence why I don't rely. Yeah, right. So is that something you're working on that you're aware of that you're being like, oh, maybe I need to um, maybe I need to rely on others more? Is that something you need to learn? 
or what's the feedback that you've gotten from that? All right, let's keep playing. You answer that when uh, past Mitch captures, catches up to you. And hopefully it's not too la- laggy. Maybe, maybe, maybe food. Whoop. Yeah, yeah. Ask for help. Riley will do something for you, Maria. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's keep going. That's what happens. Let's see. Mm-hmm. That defense is now destroyed. Wow. I asked people to tell me some recent episode when they're upset with somebody with their lives uh, and something that they're open to sharing. So it doesn't have to be anything sordid or thing, but just, something, you know, whether it's your spouse, partner, the bus driver, I, I don't care. Who, sure. A friend. Okay. So what happened? Describe it. What happened? Yeah. All right. There were a number of issues in my home and I had hired someone to do these things right. while I was gone. Okay. And I came back and none of them were fixed. Okay. And your emotional reaction was? Anger. Anything else besides anger? I was disappointed. Disappointed is sadness. Let's let's go with that. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to ask you a silly question. What were you sad and angry about? Well, angry that someone had made commitments to me and not fulfilled those commitments. What what what, what does that mean that they didn't fulfill their commitments? Uh, meant that they didn't care about me they didn't uh-huh. have that they, they didn't, didn't respect me so they didn't care about you and didn't respect you what kind of person doesn't get cared or respected i don't know someone who doesn't deserve to be cared for or respected exactly are there other reasons why this other person might not have done the work right. that has nothing to do with yep. him or her not caring about him or not respecting him so what other reasons might there be uh he had a a flight delay and got caught on puerto rico during a hurricane yeah he's got adhd yeah uh he and he can't follow through um and any number of possibilities yeah now of all the possibilities that you've just uh, outlined including that they don't care about you or respect you which is the worst one the one i immediately defaulted to so let's notice something Mm. A, you, I should say we, because we're all like this, we don't respond to what happens. Mm-hmm. We respond to our perception of what happens. Right. Okay. That's what the... We don't respond to what happens. We respond to what we perceive happens. Buddha said, it's with our minds we create the world. Number two, of all the possible interpretations, we choose the worst one. Thirdly, what I just said isn't true. We didn't choose it. It's not like you went to all these possibilities and you <laughs> right. said, was it multiple choice yeah. and I chose option D? Oh no, he doesn't care about me. You know, he doesn't respect me. You didn't do that. Your brain jumped there automatically, right? Mm-hmm. My question is why? First time in your life that you felt hurt and angry that you, when you perceived somebody didn't care about you or didn't respect you? It's not the first time. Very good. And most people I talk to, it goes back way back. Yeah, this goes way back. In, into childhood. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's what trauma is. We don't respond to the present moment. We respond to the past. So who's the one that doesn't care about you? And who's the one that doesn't think you really respect? No, it'd be me. It'd be you. Yeah. So that's a learning. And that's the beauty of healing is that when you reframe things and you, and you actually see the source within ourselves, all of a sudden that's liberating because guess what? If you're feeling that way, because this guy did this or didn't do that, that makes you a victim. Yeah. But if you see that you're the source, no, you're powerful. If you see that you're the source, then you're powerful, right? So I think it's kind of a contradictory statement from Gabor there because I feel like some of what, I, you know, granted I haven't read all of his books and, and seen all of his talks and I'm not, you know, best friends with him. I don't have the latest on everything that's going on. So, I mean, this is just my, my perception as I feel a lot of the things that he says, it kind of implies like, Hey, it's not your fault. It's uh, it's you were traumatized because your parents were traumatized, but it's not your parents fault because they were traumatized. 
and then your grandparents were traumatized and they were and it's like hey well where does it where's it where does it end no one's to blame but then at the last bit here in this last clip he's like well tim realize that it's it's inside you realize that it's you and it comes from the source within and you're powerful i uh oh, where was i reading it i think it was lao tzu the um dao de ching it said something like water always finds the deepest hole and your emotions your experiences they're like water and they somehow they find a way to find the deepest part of your soul your inner self and they they clog it up and they get in the way and if you don't have the courage to sort of fucking cliff what's that called (laughs) cliff walk down there jump down there dive down there scuba dive down there hold your breath down there that's a good way if you don't hold your breath down there and you know, see how deep it goes, you'll never know. And you can just be like, well, the source of it is up it's at the top here. It's whatever. It's like, no, no, no. Find the fucking source of it. Get down deep. How far down does it go? Go back as far as you can. Be like, oh, I'm feeling really sad and rejected. Okay. Well, when was the first memory you have of feeling sad and feeling rejected? Oh, it was my best friend in high school. Okay. Well, what were the benefits of that? Did you want to be connected and authentic with them? Maybe not. Maybe there was something else that you learned. Maybe you went your separate path. I think everything that you've learned so far up to now has has made you who you are. And it's given you the learnings and the opportunities and the experiences for who you are now. Because everything happens for a reason. Everything's perfect, perfectly imperfect. We are our divine, authentic, genuine selves. Maria says it stops with ourselves story of my life. Yeah. I'm with you, Maria full 100% full responsibility being like, mate, I'm the fucking, I'm in the, the pilot seat of my own life. I'm, I'm in fucking control, baby. Also, Maria says just got the feedback. So we're talking about the, you know, never relying on others over relying on yourself. Just got the feedback, work and rely on those who have high self-value and self-worth and fulfilling commitments. Rely on others. And if they don't fulfill the commitment, then look at the benefits in it. And obviously you can set boundaries and you're more aware of, you know, maybe I'm asking them to do something that's outside of their highest value because that's the only reason they won't do something is because they see more disadvantages than benefits but if you know their highest value is video games and you say hey let's go to marry and i'll buy you a video game if they were a teenager <laughs> and then you can fucking babysit the dog for me or clean up the dog poo or something like that <laughs> to be like hey it's communicating their highest value so thank you for watching Everyone, if there's any questions, comments, Maria, Adlin, anyone else watching on the replay, any questions, comments, feedback. Unfortunately, this is the last day for you to watch that uh, Wisdom of Trauma movie. I did download it. Shh, just be quiet. I tried uploading it to YouTube and like straight away, even as a private video, it was like, uh, please give Evan. Hey, what's up, Evan? What's up, man? Shout out. Um, yeah, but it's it'll be on again next month or something. You need to like sign up to their email list and they'll send you the link. Um, if you can watch it still tonight, it, it'll still be available. I'll send you the link. And uh, but if you if not, if you're so fucking keen for it, I'll find a way to get it to you, even if I have to upload it somewhere else and, and send it to you. Um, just let me know. It's a really cool documentary. Uh, I, I was a little bit surprised at how how slow it was it was very slow and it's almost like every five minutes they cut to like five minutes of people's people crying and like sad music and it's like hey like can we uh, i get what's going on it's like a sad thing but like can we fucking speed this thing up (laughs) 
All right, Maria says, what about instances where you don't have control, like when you are a kid? Yeah, so I think this is this is one of the questions that I have too, Maria. I, I was talking to someone who was like a child specialist and they say, well, we're not really conscious until we're, you know, eight, eight years old. So the thing with that is it's really hard. It's, I mean, to be honest, we can't do anything now going like we can't be like, oh, I'm going to go back in time and be a kid. And then, right, that's not going to work. So I think now it's like I was saying before, it's being grateful for the opportunities that you were given being like, okay, well, what's the most fucking the worst thing that's happened to me as a kid when I didn't have control and they overpowered me and they did this. They, what lessons did they teach you by doing that? How do you feel about control now? Because there, there are things I would say a lot of life or a lot of, I mean, depending on what sort of job industry you're in, but a great lesson about control is, you know, I have a pretty structured life. I, uh, my, I have a lot of routines, a lot of habits, and uh, I go undisturbed. I'm, I can move freely about with my schedule and do, do anything really. But then you get a girlfriend, and if the girlfriend has kids, you, you suddenly realize how little control you have. And then you start realizing, wow, if I lived with kids, I would have no fucking control. <laughs> So, the, so that's kids that, you know, it works both ways. Um, the reason you probably, I don't know if you're saying this, but the reason someone might not feel like they have control when they're a kid is because the parents didn't know how to deal with kids that are out of control. That's a bit of a, uh, so there's a kid and let's say the parents over controlled the kid. That was because the parent didn't know how to deal with the child that was out of control. So it's really the the perception and the you could call it a trauma of the parent that's projecting onto the child. So I would then be, you could like, there's so many layers you can go fucking deep into it and be like, wow. So I felt like I didn't have control as a child because my my parents felt completely out of control. Wow. And then, then you can be like, well, what are the benefits of my parents not like feeling out of control? Adeline says, the only control we have is with ourselves, 100%. Yeah. So it's, it's just learning that lesson about, about control. Maria, but even if you're eight and conscious, you can't walk away from traumatizing environments. Yeah, I agree. It's about changing the perspective in hindsight, but making sure I'm covering all bases that I could have done all that I could have done all I could have as a kid. Uh, why, why is that important? Making sure like, it, it's almost like your pin, you're trying to figure out, Oh, where did I go wrong? Cause essentially what's happening when we say, Oh, what could I have done better? I'm just going to check what's, what's going on and want to make sure I, I did things right you are unconsciously looking for things you did wrong. And the, this is kind of like that, uh, that hole that I was talking about in, in yourself where the water is going to flow all the way down there. So this is one of those fucking dark, scary caves, Maria, that if you go down this hole and you go, wow, let me fucking dissect my entire childhood about all the control things, everything that I did, all the the traumatizing environment, it's literally like you'll be very aware and and conscious of a lot of things and, and have a lot of learnings if you can get the breakthrough. The the problem is like, well, fuck, maybe do, I, do you want to go down this path? Do you want to go down this path is the question that I would, that I would ask. If it was me, I'd be like, yeah, fuck, yeah, let's figure out, you know, let's cover all my bases as a kid. Um, <clears throat> limited so yeah to answer that question um, you can't walk away from the traumatizing environment you, you definitely can there have been kids that run away from home and stuff it's just you know does an eight-year-old have the courage 
to do that. But remember, the only reason you do anything is because you see more benefits than drawbacks. So, so yeah, the reason, even if you are in a traumatizing environment, you'll stay in that traumatizing environment if you perceive it has more benefits than drawbacks. So figure out, you know, that was it the connection? Was it the love? What attachments issues is that that cause for you at the moment? Do you feel like you get really clingy because you're scared of, you're scared of abandon, abandonment? Do you feel like you can't, Dis, you can't be disapproved you need to be liked you need to be approved of because otherwise then things are bad and you might be left or is there something going on with is there something going on with if you're in a relationship and and let's say your relationship you had when you were younger was it was a traumatic environment do you do you consciously or unconsciously self sabotage in your environment at the moment so i would look for pattern like right out your childhood like you said you're doing i'm i'm writing books on my childhood awesome look for the patterns oh i did that as a child oh that's the same as in my life now oh is that aligned with my mission does that affect the actions that i take and the intent does you're basically looking for any static, any fog, any numbness, anything that's that's putting strain on or, or disconnecting your intentions from your actions. You really, really need to make sure that if you're living your mission, if you're living your values, if you're on purpose, if you're making progress to your vision, your actions must be aligned with your intentions. Your intentions and your actions are the two single most important pieces of feedback that you need to be aware of because if you're setting an intention hey i'm going to do this and your actions don't do that then there's something that's going on there there's something that's going on i can't tell you what but there's something maria says legit i stayed i stayed out of fear so i didn't get a hiding <laughs> she says lol um, that was me impersonating the life out loud. That was the scariest thing as a kid, getting the hiding of your life. Lol. My Nana was my savior and I ran to her, then was picked up and get the bash. What? My Nana was my savior and I ran to her, then was picked up and get the bash. Wait, so your Nana, you ran to your Nana and your Nana gave you a bash as well? Yeah, this, uh, oh, there's someone else watching. What's up? Give me a like, give me a comment. Let me know who's watching so I can give you my love. My, oh, that sounded very strange. I think I've been on here. I'm like, yeah, don't worry, guys. This definitely won't go more than an hour, um, one hour later. And it's 7.30, 24 minutes till, uh, till my bedtime-ish. I'm not sure if it's 8 or 9 p.m. My body works better. Anyway, I hope that helps, Maria. Uh, I will I will put the link to this uh, movie in the chat. Uh, no, my parents picked me up and gave me a hiding so I never ran away again. Oops. Oh, yeah, exactly. Because you were like, you connected your parents to love and pain to love. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, cool. Thanks for watching ads, Maria, and everyone else watching on the replay. Um, let me know what you thought of this sort of, uh, I think I need to work out the sort of technical side of things. I think you might've been laggy, but um, cool. Thanks for watching everyone and love you. And now I'm going to leave you. So see you later.